Welcome to Sports Minds, where all roads lead to sports, and we talk ball every season. We are your hosts, Legendarius, Hashmaster Z, and Filthy. So, NBA Finals finally ended. Legendarius, take us away. Tell you me know, what you saw. You know, I've been five. saying, I've been saying all season that Jokic is the best player in the league, and Jokic deserves the MVP over Embiid. Nobody wanted to listen. To- <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> I was really digging deep Five. in my memory banks trying to recall this. Right. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'd like to take this time to apologize to Nikola Jokic. I disrespected your game. I disrespected you. Uh, you literally dominated the entire playoffs, uh, dominated my Lakers. The Lakers still should beat them. Um, dominated the Miami Heat. Gentlemen sweep. Shout out to the Nuggets. But I do got to say, come on, Nuggets. Why y'all got the Lakers names in your mouth at your parade? That's that's weak, bro. Yeah, that was interesting. That's weak. That was interesting. Soft. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like, come on, y'all. Like, you know, Golden State busted your ass before. Uh, Trailblazers did before. Lakers, okay, whatever. Like, uh, but I mean, I, I guess this is, uh, you know, it's for all the bragging rights, so they can do whatever they want. I guess. So, it's just weird if you're a winning championship team that you're. You're tripping over a team that wasn't even supposed to be there, you know, that defied odds to get there. Like, you guys should have won the way you did. I don't know why you would even bring that up. Very weird. Very weird for you to be stressing about a team, you know what I mean? They were in the play-in, man. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah seriously. Seriously. But on the season finale of the NBA season, this man, Nikola Jokic, across the postseason, a 600 269-190 stat line is crazy. First place in all categories, ladies and gentlemen. Phenomenal yeah. basketball. I mean, you can't hate on that. Sure, say what you want. He's not fun to see, but holy shit, man. I had fun watching him across this run. Yeah, no, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to echo the same sentiment that Legendarius had. Like, it was like, damn, you know, I didn't give him a chance. You know, it's like when you have the two back-to-back MVPs and this man was about to win his third. I was just like, I just, it, it was just like, uh, his game is boring. I'll just, I'm going to admit, his game is boring. He's fundamentally sound. He's like, he's great, but it's like, he's not flashy. So I'm just like, all right, well, no, you're not going to win the MVP. <laughs> and now he's an NBA champion and congrats to him. Uh, but, you know, I haven't heard one person in the media say, well, oh, will this count? You know, because it, Miami was an eighth seed, or they faced a seventh seed to get to the conference finals. But then all of us, you know, but twenty twenty was a fluke, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, make it make sense. Uh, yeah, I think all rings matter. That's cool. Like, you know, you won one, you won a fair and square. You beat the the opponent in front of you, so you can't, you don't have control of that. Uh, so congrats to Denver on that. Just saying for everybody who likes to move goalposts. Think before you speak. I feel it. And I also, I can, I'm sorry, man. These finals, Jimmy Butler, where were you, bro? Yeah. Where were yeah. you? Where oh my were God. you? My man's no-showed, I believe, uh, the last game, game five. My game. He was a uh, five of 18. And 
he was two of 11 going into the fourth quarter. So he did go on like a little personal run in the fourth, but all in all, the dude just, he must've ran out of steam or something, but he kind of no-showed for the finals and also got a question, Miami, Spolstra, you're you're not gonna play Tyler Hero at all, right? I'm like, uh, it's it's the finals. Yeah, like, what, what, like what are you doing? You think y'all will make it back? No, you probably won't. Like you need you need to go for broke. Send the kitchen sink at this point. Yeah, uh, you know, I. Well, yeah, in regards yeah. to Jimmy Butler's performance, I had heard, well, I didn't confirm it, but I heard, like, reports to, like, he was playing injured, to he was dealing with personal issues off the court that was affecting his game. I was hearing, like, all sorts of stuff, not necessarily for excuses, but it's just like, all right, well, at the end of the day, this was not the Jimmy Butler we were used to seeing. This is not the Jimmy Butler we saw in Boston. So something was definitely going on, whether it was an injury, personal matter, or otherwise. Yeah, he definitely, you could just sense a change in his in his style, and it just wasn't happening. He couldn't get a bucket when he really wanted or when he would usually get the bucket. So he it was just off. He was just off. Yeah. Well, it, everyone talks about, oh, you got to be tough and mental. You know, you, you got to have the mama mentality. Oh, then, like, let's stop calling what Michael Jordan said at this point, right? So, you know, rest it. He's a human being like everybody else. And... I mean, let's let's not have any like Jim, Jimmy Butler superstars talks for the next. Ever. Yeah, and, and in terms of the game, what made me want to go with the five game prediction anyway was like I just did not believe Miami had a viable solution to the Jokic problem because Bam is not cannot play full time. I mean, he did, and he got look what happened, but they just did not have anyone viable. I mean, the Cody Zeller plan worked a, a little bit, kind of not really, but they just didn't they didn't have anyone after Bams, and I just didn't believe they were gonna really hang in there if the shooting was gonna fall through, and I didn't really believe in the shooting either, so. Right. Ugly five game, or depending, like, since you're a Denver fan, a good five games, but yeah, five games nonetheless. Yep. Yeah. And now I'm hearing all this talk that they're going to run it back. I will tell you right now, on June 17th, ain't no fucking way the Denver Nuggets win the title next year. I, I, I don't think, I don't think they need to Not the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> That's who. I think they can definitely get back to the they can get back to postseason with the way they were playing. You know, they were treating like they were treating every game like it mattered. So I think that is huge in terms of where you're gonna finish in the season. But I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna repeat. I don't think so. I don't think they would have beat the Celtics. But hey, Celtics didn't make it. Good job, dude. Right. You're not gonna win that game. <laughs> Celtics That's all I gotta say. Right. I think so. Here was a sub, a little side story to the whole NBA finals that I found interesting. Once they, you know, once they won out, and I noticed, I was like, damn, KCP got another ring. This man got another ring. This dude went from one championship team to another championship, another championship team, and got another championship. Does this man's agent deserve a bonus? You have to cash this man out, right? You have to be like, yo, agent, you took care of me. I'm a champion. You have to pay him out, right? You have to up that bonus. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know who his agent is. His agent is great. He he's good on money. Yeah, Rich Paul. He's the <laughs> yeah, Rich Paul. Man. Rich it's, Paul. In, it's in the name. My name is Rich Paul. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that Rick? He Rick? said, "My name is my name." <laughs> <laughs>
Shout out to yeah, Rich Paul because damn. I KGT. mean, Rich Paul, he can still deserve a raise. Yeah. Why not? You did the job. You did what you're supposed to do. You know? He was in and, a situation to begin with. He's like either LeBron getting it or KCP getting it. Either way, I'm getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> Well, let's was go on the, the other side in terms in terms of a Miami. Do you think they can get back? Uh, they can get back. No, no. They got unless they make they, it. They got a, they, they got lucky this they, year to go on the run that they went on. They're not getting back. Uh, they're gonna have salary cap problems. Lowry like helped them throughout the playoffs. He's gonna get. Uh, I mean, she's just she's about to be thirty eight. Can't depend on him. Gabe Vincent will probably get more money. I mean, that was a storyline this entire thing. It's like, oh, they got all these uh, undrafted guys. So what does that indicate? You got a bunch of guys that aren't getting paid money that just played on, like, the biggest stage. So they're going to get paid money elsewhere, and they're probably going to end up leaving. Yeah, exactly. And unless, you know, they make a trade – which is possible since, for whatever reason, they didn't want to play Tyler Hero. So get rid of Tyler Hero, um, but you're gonna have to package him with some other some other pieces. I just feel like they weren't deep, and you know they had Oladipo. Oladipo got hurt. <laughs> like they're just not they they're not a deep team. They had they they got hot at the right time, but I don't see yeah. that. not with the roster as it's currently constructed. No, that's correct. I think, I, I think uh, with Miami, I mean, this is where all the, you know, the news is coming from, right? Where it's, you know, we'll get into that later, actually. But, you know, Damian Lillard, Harden, um, somebody else of importance. If somebody, if there's another 1A person there, then maybe. Harden and, is not going to Miami. I'll tell you that. Oh no, they they work they work too hard. They work too hard. <laughs> exactly. <man. laughs> I, like, like I I know I look. Trust me, I know. James Harden will not give up free reign or a possibility to go back to Houston to get ass cheeks every you know every night. You know, just, yeah. just do what he wants. Miami, they gonna work his fat ass. So <laughs> he ain't going there. Dude, I did, forget, I did forget to say one thing about Denver, though. I'm not sure if you guys heard this. But, you know, their run wasn't even that impressive. What was more impressive was last year the Timberwolves making the play-in and losing to the uh, Grizzlies in the first round. Did you hear that? That was the dumbest yes, shit I've heard man. all year. Oh, my God. Yo, I'm reserving oh. my thoughts for that. <laughs> oh, Bruh. my gosh. That's so, are, can, we, can, we jump, can we jump to that right now? Yes, bro. Well, okay. that what? brings up the new segment, folks, called Athletes with Pods. We're starting out with Kate with a cat on Pat Bev talking absolutely crazy. Bro. Like his team is the shit. Bro, like this literally I've... made me lose all respect for Cat. And I love like I Draymond know. clap back at him as well. And it's just like, yo, like I'm so sick. I'm so sick of hearing Carl Anthony Towns talk, bro. First, yes. he, first he had the uh, the Jimmy Butler thing. He's like, oh, let me tell you yeah. what actually happened. Uh, well, actually, we all lost to the third. Like, shut up. And then Yeah, the- we all lost. Like, Jimmy Butler led the team. Yeah. Like, shut up, Cat. Like, you sound stupid. You look stupid. You didn't change shit. The only thing you made was big men having, like, the image of softery. Like, Charmin soft. Exactly. Play. 
Like, that's why DeAndre Ayton plays soft. That's why, like, all these other big-ass centers, seven-foot, you know, whatever, don't want to be banging in the paint. Yeah. That's, I mean, if you want to say that, cool. You changed the game. Congratulations. You ruined it. But and I also learned, I learned Carl something Anthony, really important about this podcast, though. I learned that Patrick Beverly actually has a podcast. That's what I learned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, he's, he, he's had it for a little bit now. Wow, that's a battle rapper name wrong. What you mean, bruh? You ain't on the battle rap culture? Yeah, and well, <laughs> in, in addition to to Carl Anthony Towns saying, you know, the play-in finish for the Wolves was more special than the Nuggets title, he also said he's gonna, he's the best big man shooter ever. And he's going to retire yeah. as a known game changer. And I don't no, understand not. how that's going to happen when you play with like a Steph Curry and also like you suck. <laughs> first of all, first of all, the fact that he said the play-in was more special than the title is exactly what's wrong with like the new generation of NBA. It's like, no, it's not actually. You lost in the first round and you shouldn't have even lost in the first round, but you did. You lost in the first round. There's nothing special about that at all. Nothing special about that. Nothing special about that. I, like, I, whoo, man, I'm so glad we we hopped to this. But I I was chomping at the bit because Whole, this whole big man shooter and known game changer, I'm like, I'm sorry. What do you do in the playoffs? Because I'm pretty sure you shrunk, big man, against Jokic. Right. But you're yeah. so great. Like, the dude has never done anything in the playoffs. He's had yeah. I think, his third playoff series now, and he's underperformed every single time. But he always talks. Time. He talks like he is him. Like, he is him. Yeah. He, he he he's a legend in his own mind. That for all right. So, view if you know, viewers or listeners, whatever have you. One of the most dangerous things that an athlete could do is be a legend in their own mind, and not have self awareness. So, Carl Anthony Towns is one of those. Where it's like, oh, I've done this, I've done that, I've well exceeded expectations, which is what he said on Paul George's podcast. Uh, you know, I. You know, I've done this. I've done that. It's like, bro, you really haven't done anything. Like, yeah. you are forgotten about when it comes to best big men. You know, and and it's like, oh, I don't. And actually, I don't even think people would th- you know say like, oh, if Carl Anthony's town was on X Y Z team, they'd be better. He'd be experiencing more success. It's like, no, you don't play defense like that. You you live on the three point line to shoot unnecessary threes. Like your best games undoubtedly come when you actually play center so and he's no. 33 percent on his it, career bro. he shoots 33 percent on his career i'm sorry that's not that's not the best ever that's not changing the game yeah, yeah one, that's not yeah, one good game. season like yeah one good season where you're hitting from like consistently from three and that was uh the playing season like it's calm down bro the dude thinks he's way better than he is yeah well, also what we got and he's not even better than craziness is also, uh, Paul George. Paul George has a podcast, too, that I recently discovered. But he recently put on an episode with Jerry West, which is actually extremely informative and really good. All you basketball heads, I highly recommend the Jerry West episode for Paul George's pod, Podcast P. Go figure. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, he has uh, his. Um, he has, he has good, other guests has too. Asia podcast. Wilson's killing it. Like he has, he's been going on for a while. But that Jerry West was the one that got me to his pod, and that one's really good. He just talks about the ins and outs of how the game used to be. What's it like being a player to executive? Like it's just really cool to get that type of information if uh, yeah. you have that thirst for the game that way. So highly recommend it. He doesn't talk as crazy as Carl Anthony Towns, but it's just as entertaining. For sure. Exactly. And the cat episode on podcast P was pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy. So <laughs> I was like crazy to listen to. So I'll strike like one and two. This was literally like you're out. All right, folks, we have a guest this week. Uh, you know, we're going to try and get some guests on to fill in a lot of this dead space between the NBA downtime and the NFL downtime. So we got some special for you. Here Ooh. we go. <clears throat> We have uh, Miss, I call her Lo, but you can call her L'Oreal, and uh, she's hot from out of uh, Detroit. So, uh, Lo, tell okay, us what Mo you got Town. going on. What you into? Yes, I am definitely from the D. Um, thank you so much, Phil, by the way. Phil, me and Phil, we go way back. We worked a lot, you know, writing for the session. Uh, we work with MC on each other. He's a really good friend of mine. Thank you so much for bringing me on here. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm 24 years old. I am a recent grad from Central Michigan University, Fire Up Chips. Okay. Um, I graduated with my bachelor's in journalism and broadcasting. And pretty much I'm trying to be an aspiring, you know, sports broadcaster and writer. Um, when I'm not like writing like regular articles, I cover high school sports in Michigan, basketball and football. And I have a podcast. Uh, me and my friend Jabari has a podcast called The Bounce Podcast. And it's just like a regular sports podcast. We talk about everything, um, NBA, WNBA, college okay. at times, baseball, football, everything. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, pretty much if you go on Twitter and look up The Bounce Podcast, you will find our Twitter page and you will find our links. And if you follow my Twitter page at... Um, low lo underscore cartier then you can find as well as my links and everything yeah and you hit something that i i totally forgot i kind of want to get your opinion on it how are you feeling about the WNBA season so far uh that you know not that I far love into it. the season but how are you liking it i love it i love it um i am very very excited this year especially for the rookies um a lot of great talent from the rookies like Aaliyah boston um, you have Haley Jones, and I'm really excited about them because I think this class specifically, there's a lot of, like, NBA-ready girls. You know, you have, like, NBA-ready guys. Like, Aaliyah Boston, she's an NBA, WNBA-ready player. Like, she looks amazing out there. And I think when you think about the super teams with the New York Liberty and the Aces, that's interesting. Um, Connecticut's up right now, which is surprising because, you know, they don't have John Cook. John Quill Jones, but they still have a very good team. So I think this season will be very interesting, but I'm very excited so far. Who you got winning it all? I don't think anybody could beat the Aces. Yeah, um, I have the Aces going back-to-back. -back. Um, with the Liberty, I'm just going to say it right now, I think with the Liberty, they are a good team, but I notice at times, especially with the um the acquisition of Brianna Stewart. A lot of times it's like I feel like they depend a little too much on her. Yeah. And I think it's gonna get to the point where we're going to really see how this team can perform individually. Like how can Sabrina perform? 
How can Courtney Vandersloot perform? How can John Paul Jones perform offensively and defensively? Because, of course, they can beat teams like the Fever or anything like that. But if they go against their counterparts like the Aces, can they really go up against the Angel Wilson who is blocking shots? Like, she yeah. still look like the MVP out there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. to me, I think she's the face of the league. You know, we could say, like, Candace Parker and all that. But she has truly deserved it. Like, back-to-back MVPs, defensive player of the year. You win this first championship. You know, mm. like, and she said on the podcast, she said – she want her props. I think she should get her props. She is the face right now. I don't think, like, Brianna Stewart, she is good, but I think right now Asia has proved that she is the face right now. And, and you got to beat the Aces. You have to. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, it's funny uh, that, you know, that you mentioned Asia, right? So I don't really watch WNBA. I'm starting to get into it slowly. But uh, I was in a um, Facebook group where they're talking about the BET nominees of Female Athlete of the Year. Her name wasn't on it. And someone was like, y'all must not know who Asia part, you know, Asia is. So I asked, just like, oh, you know, just out of curiosity, you know, educate me if you can. And he laid down all her accomplishments. And I was like, yo, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to start. So I'm going to have to start sending up some, uh, you know, looking up some highlights and watching some games and get myself well-educated. So I appreciate you letting me know, you know, all about what's going on in the WNBA and all that stuff. So continuing that education, you know, continue watching it. So I appreciate that. Yes, yes, yes. And she deserves it. She deserves it. Stay out here. We're going to get back into our, our uh, news topics. But, yeah, stay with us. We're going to do uh, NFL. We're going to do NBA. So, yeah, just uh, stick around, Lo. Uh, we'll continue. So, after all of our podcast recaps with the athletes, uh, top story, the ruling came in for John Morant, 25, 25 games. John uh, before, he, before, he, <laughs> before he returns, he must complete a program to get back on and also no team activities, no showing face, no preseason. Man Damn. is completely in the dark for 25 oh. games. I mean, so that's weird. What is the program, first of all? Yeah, th- th- yeah, there you go. That's what I want to know. Is it social <laughs> media training? <laughs> so I actually control? looked into that. I looked into that. The program is uh, going to be something that he's creating alongside the league or whoever his advisor is to do he's that. creating and it? They're, they're creating it, yeah. So there is no said program. It has to be created by Ja and et cetera, whoever's working this uh, problem in, in the NBA. This is getting out of Yeah, <laughs> what? So like, he's like, hey, hey, Captain Jack, help me out with this program, man. Yeah, it's like just no, but like seriously. suspension and move on. Like they're trying yeah. to make it like, hey, we're what really, really you... taking a stand. Like, no, you're not. Just stop it. Yeah, you're exactly. It's and like, there's not rules. There's no rule. There's no NBA rule that says you cannot flash a gun on social media. It's not like something you should probably do. Like <laughs> as an adult, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there you go. Sense, but it's just like it's like common sense. You're not violating you the NBA, like rules. If anything, it'd be like code of conduct. So. Give me whatever the code of conduct suspension is, and that's it. They did the same thing with Kyrie. It's like, let's stop making up shit. Like, you guys just are, like, making up rules at this point. It's getting out of hand. It's just like, suspend me, and then let me get back to playing. Because, like, I don't have to be – what I don't have to do, believe, whatever. Like, 
what the norm is or what you guys want me to. It's just like, give me my suspension then, and then we'll move on. But they're like, no, um, he, like, this is, come on, a program? A program. That, a program? That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a joke. Uh, yeah, that like, made me laugh. I got a good laugh he, off that. Because it's like, uh, like a pro, like what, what qualifications do I have for making a pro, a league-wide program? Yeah. Like, and all this other stuff, like, like the team activities, preseason, it's like, do you think any superstar wants to go to that shit anyway? Like, oh. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> Don't make me show up for preseason. Like, like thank you. Oh, okay, I will say team activities, That that's a blow. But preseason, it's like, okay, I didn't want to really play the preseason anyway. But I, I will admit, you know, if somebody, you know, I mean, people who play on teams generally want to hang out with their teammates so football is different than nba especially nowadays like nba player like they all got their own entourage okay. you know what i mean that's true. That's especially true. like a young team like the grizzlies you know and you've already like heard it seen it. it's like jaw rose with his crew everywhere so i mean it's not like he was in the strip club with his grizzly teammates it was with his boys so it was like yeah, true. i don't, I don't really true. feel like he kicks it with them anyway so <laughs> okay hey no, look you're right because i you're right i'm talking from strictly a football standpoint because i'm a football guy so yeah. uh but yeah no that makes sense to me hey but let's but not forget just, though let's not forget though under no circumstances will dylan brooks be a part of the grizzlies <laughs> right <laughs> They say you gotta go. <laughs> right, you right. got to go. Uh, gotta learn. Gotta learn Chinese, buddy. Jaw, you cool. You get twenty five games. You motherfucker, you gotta go. <laughs> what? Oh man! For what? Poking bears? Come on! <laughs> right, right. Like man, who Memphis is tripping? Well, speaking of Memphis bears, uh. Michael Jordan selling his majority stake in the uh in the Hornets. Uh it's gonna go for three billion three billion. He's gonna stay on and see basketball operations until the draft and the start of free agency, but he's gonna be a minority stakeholder and he's just gonna keep the presence within the franchise, but no longer an owner. That brings the black team owners in the NBA down to two. Uh so I just wanted to I just wanted to like highlight something because you said speaking of bears, so where was the bear joke? With Michael Jordan, is it like you know? Was that like a Chicago thing, or I don't know? No, you, Where you can leave a there? Coke line in there somewhere. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! But I do yeah. think Michael Jordan not being the owner no more. Like I think it had to happen because yeah. at one point with the Charlotte Hornets, it was like you know you're making progressive moves like drafting Lamelo, trying to surround you know what they have with talent. Like they're not a bad team. But there's just always been some type of like stagnation with them. And I think yeah, Michael nice. Jordan not being a part of that owner, I think it might help out a little bit. Like I think he exactly. was holding them back at times. Yeah. Yep. They even said, like, for for, you know, I mean, it's been said for probably a decade now. Great player, not a great owner. Or he's not great no. at evaluating <laughs> talent. Uh, yeah. And you know, he's had some good draft picks, but I mean he's had some terrible ones throughout the years as well. And yeah. You know, for MJ, I think he bought in at like two hundred fifty million. So, what did you? I don't even know how many times. Ten, ten times over. <laughs> did yeah. you profit? Like you good, bro? Yeah, it's a win. 
um, you know, financially for Michael Jordan at the end of the day, you know, and one of the funny things was uh, when I saw the post, I don't, I, I didn't understand if it was like sarcastic or not, when they'd be like, end of an era, you know, end of an era of what? Losing? Yes. End of that era. <laughs> I was saying, Charlotte Hornets haven't been relevant ever. Uh, like Al, big Al Jefferson, y'all ready? <laughs> Al Jefferson. tight jerseys, I'll say that. You know what? <laughs> I will say, you know, this is not even making fun of Al. Because Al Jefferson is a dog, but like when he like when him and Kemba Walker, you know, were going to the playoffs, you know, as eighth seeds and getting swept by the Heat or like you know, gentlemen sweep swept. It was like those were the best years of the Charlotte Hornets. And then that was a time. (laughs) But it was a time, you know, and it it was just crazy because it's like it's not that you know it's not like these all these players are trash. It was just. Like like you were saying, Lo, there was a lot of stagnation. It was it seemed like okay, they're gonna build, they're gonna rebuild, they're gonna rebuild every single year. It's like they win seven games, twelve games, twenty five games. Then they'll have like a a weird playoff run where it's like they're the A seed, get swept, and then they become absolutely trash the next year, and then it just the cycle repeats. So I, I you know clearly this is just something where Michael was like, all right, well I did all I could do. Clearly, whatever I'm doing is not working, hasn't been working. I need to go. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yep. And on that, to player movement, uh, got Bradley Bill uh, possibly being traded. Uh, where do you guys think he's going to end up again? <sighs> again? He's only played for the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go on the record and say I'm not getting into this. No trades. Yeah. No trade. No trade, yeah. uh, no trade bait for me because I feel like these supposed guys, to be a Laker three years ago. These two guys are like, like Bradley Beal and Zion are kind of like lower on the totem pole. Like we need to see where Dame Lillard is going. We need to see where James Harden's going. Chris Paul, like I feel like those guys are gonna set the market. Bradley Beal doesn't really, I don't. I'm sick of that. He had he he he, well, he had a lot of money. Contract. Yeah, it's like he makes 250 million. So first of all, whoever trades for him, it's like it's a West. Like I look at the Lakers, it's like it's a Westbrook thing. So it's like whoever trades for him will have no bench depth. So it's like who cares? Whoever trades for them, remember, he has decision. a no trade clause. Yeah. So he he has the power. He has the yeah. freedom. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, what caught my eye about this story was that they were actually, because you're right about the no trade clause, and they're actually willing to work that trade clause out. I don't know how they're going to do that, but they were yeah, talking about saying. breaking that just to get him, just to trade him. And I'm just like, okay, for sure. But all right. Yeah, I'm just, I just feel like let's see what happens with the draft. And yeah. again, like Bradley Bill did this to himself. And in a way, so did Dan. Yeah. Like, we were both talking about this last offseason. It's like, you sign this big deal, then you're more concerned with getting paid than winning. So, like, don't sign the big deal and then complain right after. Like, no, you're not winning. You're not winning. Like, because you get paid $50 million. That's why. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Because, it, yeah, I remember it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to I want to show my loyalty. Blah, blah. It's like, I, I you only stay loyal with the team if they've shown in good faith that they're willing to build around you or they can't or they have the ability to build around you. the moment that fails that's when you start looking elsewhere right like 
you know, this whole loyalty stuff. You're not, you know, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a trophy for being loyal. You're not going to get like a, like a lifetime achievement. Like, oh, one of the most loyal players in the NBA. What did oh, Kevin Garnett wait, say? Wait, 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 wait. They will retire. The Washington Wizards will retire his number, you know. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> That'd be hella funny if they don't. It's like, you didn't win anything. It's like, sorry, <laughs> buddy. You didn't win anything. Water, we didn't retire your jersey. Like, no. <laughs> well, it's we're, like, we're I don't know. Bradley up... Bill had a chance to leave three years ago, so I, I'm done talking about him moving on, moving <laughs> yeah. out. We're going to end up touching NBA free agency off and on. I totally believe that. We do have a lot of big names in the pool this year. And you're right. The big names have to go before we worry about a Bradley Bill or a Zion. Yep. Well, speaking of Zion, damn. (laughs) Ah, Zion, Mr. Williamson. Hey, let my man live, bro. No, no, no. I'm just saying. So do y'all think that New Orleans is going to trade him? I I mean, it's like they had to know something. I don't think uh, I don't think teams will take him. No, I don't think so. It's too risky right now. It's like all right, you might you know it's like you might play what twenty thirty games. Might not (laughs) like I just think it's too risky, and especially let's not forget going into the play in. It's like I don't want to play until Zion feels like Zion. It's just like. That's true. That was wild too much, as fuck. Too much garbage around him. So wild. Ridiculous. Yeah. So we're all in the same like mindset, right? Like yeah. I just feel like not you know, I'm not I'm not in the camp of oh you you, you have a contract, you have to play all the time. It's more of like even if you're at eighty five percent, you're not gonna play. Like, yeah. come on. No one's ever if I'm an owner, I, I don't wanna take Zion. I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Me neither. I'm not going to no not even Detroit. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'd rather have James Wiseman than a Zion Ooh. Williamson. Okay, okay. Yes, and you know what? And I can't knock you for that. At least. I, we need to have a conversation. I think with Zion on his willingness to play, because at some point you don't want to play. You don't want to play. You're involving other mess that we're not going to talk about. And on top of that, you're just not giving the attitude of this star. Like, think about it. People talk about Zion Williamson like they talk about LeBron James, which to me, in my personal opinion, I never understood it because Zion, was he great at Duke? Absolutely. But when you get into the NBA, it's a whole different ball playing field. And he can play, but we only seen that in, what, 27, 30 games? Yeah. This man has been in the league for five years, and he has only played a quarter of his career less than that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That well, is he's really absolutely fresh. ridiculous. Yeah. He has really fresh legs. <laughs> you don't want to use them. You don't want to use them. <laughs> yeah. Use them. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I look, man. Lo, you hit it right on the head because it's it, it's it's like he, all these big time prospects and all that stuff get compared to LeBron like as if it's apples to apples, where it's really apples to oranges, or hell, apples to zucchinis at this point. Like it's totally different, totally different food groups. Man, it's apples to hamburgers when we're talking about LeBron and Zion. All right. <laughs> so was, and then plus, and now we're in the Ben Simmons off season cycle where he's hitting jump shots and threes. You know, you know 
That's what I'm saying. This new this new generation, man. Like, oh, Ben Simmons had to shut it down when his team again, the Nets were in the playoffs, but no, he had to shut it down because his back or his hamstring or his knee. Who knows? It's always something with him. It's always, always. something with him. Always. So it's just like it's it's getting out of hand and yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> once we'll see the, what this new CBA does. Yeah, once this uh, current crop of players are out of the league, I, I don't. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I'm not so sure the NBA is in good hands right now. Yeah, I, I actually don't think so either. It it's on shaky ground. I think we're heading to like this, like the modern '70s or '80s, early '80s era, where it's like before pre Magic and Larry, like in uh, there was like a dead space in the NBA in like the late '70s. I want to say, yeah, just like, like no names. Yeah, no names. Like, you had solid players. Hey, I'll tell that to the Celtics fans. It's like, you guys are just jealous that we were winning titles. That's hey, you bastards. We're this the greatest franchise ever, all right? Right. We won, a, we, won a ton, we won a ton of titles when there were eight teams in the league. Right. <laughs> 11 times, you bastards. <laughs> well, Lo, let me Lo, let me ask you this. Uh, the Pistons did get a lot of action in the offseason so far. Up until Ooh. now, we do have the draft coming up a little bit. So, I mean, as the Pistons, you know, you got Monty Williams and Steven Silas as your new coaching additions. Uh, you guys are going to the draft pretty soon. You guys would have some pretty good, valuable picks. What are you looking for this season out of Monty Williams, Steven Silas, or even this draft? What are you looking for to kind of get over the hump and kind of make some noise this season? Ooh. I think for Detroit, the biggest thing is just working on trying to push the needle positively. And the very start of that was getting Troy Weaver. I think Troy Weaver has done a good job of being aggressive, getting the things that we need at this time, a number one draft pick, um, very good draft prospects in general, whatever free agency we can. Because the truth of the matter is, and I hate to tell this to my you know, Detroit sports people, because, you know, we want things to be different. We want championships and all of that. But you you, you got to build and you got to have time to do that. You see what the Denver Nuggets did. That took time. You know, it could be a lot of time, maybe a short period of time, but it takes time. And the biggest thing with the Pistons is that we need to be able to be a playing team. We can't be a championship team that big. I feel like if Cade wasn't injured, we could have won more games. But because Cade wasn't injured, that put more pressure on guys that I think might not be ready for this team to really step up and perform, like a Killian Hayes. You know, like, I think when you look at Detroit, Cade is solid. I love Jalen Duran, a great physical guy. He can really do good on the defensive end. Um, Jaden Ivey, very quick, you know, as long as he just makes sure that he takes his time, a great point guard. When you have those three, those three are a lot. Everything else you have to really think about because you have a James Wiseman, but, you know, can Isaiah Stewart really hang? And a lot of times we can't get a lot of free agencies, like a free agents. Like the cap space, I think, is up to 50 million. We can't really get a player like that. We can't get a Kevin Durant if we want to take that risk. But I think for Detroit, don't take that risk if you don't have to. You know, with Monty Williams, remember when he went to Phoenix, they they won they won less than 20 games and then over time they got to the finals you see how devin booker is you see how a deandre aiden is even if the relationship between 
him and Monty wasn't that perfect. Monty Williams really cares as a coach. That's why Kevin Durant went to Phoenix because of his relationship with Monty. So I think, and I was watching the news one day and they spoke so highly, the players spoke so highly of Monty. They said that he's about business. They have a trust in him. What I'm noticing about the coaches like a Dan Campbell and I with Monty is that trust that you have between the coaches and the players. And that's important. Monty can build that trust. So I think for Cade and for these young guys, they need a coach like that. So yeah, when you look at him getting paid $75 million, that is a lot. But I think if anything, Detroit made the right investment because I'd rather yeah. do that than spend $75 million on a player and he doesn't take you to where you need to be. If Monty Williams can take us at least to the play-in alone based on him, based on health, if he can get maybe, because we just need like wing players and stuff like that. Detroit's a really physical team. Like those, those are some big guys, guys that can play defense, really run up and down transitions. We need more guys that can score, more better defenders, you know. I think, like I said, spots one through three is pretty good, but the four and the five spot, we might need more depth. That's going to take some time. But if we have a great coach like Monty, I think that's going to be the right thing to get us there. And if we can get the right free agents, like I can see Detroit being the playing team in the next two years. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, you kind of touched on my next question because with we did uh, discuss Monty Williams and his contract and, you know, the time he's going to be there. And now I want to ask you what you did mention playing in, in the next couple seasons, but what over the course of Monty Williams of his con- of this contract, what do what is the ceiling? How far do you think the Pistons can go, assuming everything goes right with Monty Williams? I can't say finals because you have to look at the growth of the players. Like, just imagine what it took for Giannis to be who Giannis is, you know? And, of course, you know, Budenholzer, you can give him credit for helping that, but it it took Giannis as well. So that's why I can't really say finals because it's like we have to see Cade grow. And I kind of don't like sometimes the pressure, especially on, like, younger guys because a lot of people's – journeys are different you know I think K could be a superstar but could Detroit be the place I don't know I mean this is only his third year a lot of these players only going to be in their second and third year so that timeline between now and then I'm optimistic about it I think Monty Williams can help these guys out mold them into who they could be but it's also up to the player but I think our biggest ceiling maybe could be conference finals at that I think if we can get to the point where our younger guys can be like a superstar, like think of like a Tyreek Smaxey. He's a very good young guy and he plays well with Philadelphia on top of guys who develop just like Joel and James Harden. If we can be like that, where Kay can be at his best, Ivy can be at his best, you have all your role players, your veterans being at their best, then we can be like, Philly or like Boston because Boston is a relatively young team yeah and then you still have veterans like Al Horford um like a Michael Brogdon who can play very well and play their role yeah so if Detroit can get to that point where we can be because think about it it took Boston a while that's why Danny Ainge banked on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because he believed in his plan he stuck to his plan and then look what happened they got the right coach the right players to surround them with, 
and now Boston, they went to the finals and they're one of the best teams in the East. I think we could be one of the best teams in the East. Hopefully we could win a championship. I'm just not really sure we even get to the finals, but we could be one of the best teams in the East as like our highest seed. Because think about it, the Detroit Pistons haven't won a championship. It's going to be 20 years next year, 2004. That's a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's an extremely long time, a long time of terrible coaches. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> players where, like, real talk, I see so many players now who play for Detroit or used to play for Detroit. And then now they live in the big. I mean, Bruce Brown and KCP live in the big. They champions, baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's so unfortunate, but it is what it is. But we, it's just been years of all of that. So if we can get a championship soon to the city, that would be amazing. Especially with those nice jerseys, though, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we got the best jerseys. Right, right, right. I, when I'm out to be on 2K and do like some fantasy drafts, I was like, hey, Detroit, if Detroit was good, these, I was like, these jerseys would be talked about a lot more because they're, they're pretty clean. Yeah, <laughs> and that was one thing we were, we touched on, uh, I think last episode, maybe two episodes ago, when we were talking about Detroit. And it was my biggest thing with Detroit is like, I want to see the player development because if you yeah. look at their guys, like obviously these are some years ago, whatever. Marvin Bagley, number four overall pick. Kay Cunningham, number one. Uh, Killian Hayes, seven. Jaden Ivy, Javen, uh, Jaden Ivy, four. Um, James Wiseman, two. And you got a number five pick. Like, and like their team is young. Wiseman, 22. Stewart, 22. Cunningham, 21. Ivy 21, Hayes 21, Duran 19. Like you have a young core team, you know, get, get some, that's the thing too. It's like <laughs> vets, it seems like vets don't want to go play with young guys, especially the way that it is now. Um, yeah. But it's just like, maybe get some, get some vets on the team and um, you got to, or just continue to develop these young guys. And then finally, like you'll get like a legitimate vet that wants to come play with them. Right, right. That, that but that's why they signed Monty Williams, because I think that's because they know Monty Williams as a coach and the relationship he has with players. I think some veterans might have trust in that. And like I said, yeah. the cap space, you know, it's $50 million, but we can get a wing player or a guy that can help us with scoring or on the defensive end because of that relationship with Monty. Nicholas Batum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I, I mean, if you can get the streets, it's possible. I'm sorry, yeah, no, but no, I'll no. never, I'll never respect uh, Nicholas Batum. Did you? I always say this. Uh, <laughs> there's this <laughs> this freestyle where this dude's like fourth quarter yelling, "Why the fuck Batum in?" <laughs> That's all I think about whenever someone says Batum, or when I'm watching the Clippers, because it just seems like any pivotal pivotal moment. The guy does not show up. Like he's there. He's like, Tune, you missed the shot. You're wide open. Every time. He's, he's the, he, but he's a leader. He's a swift army dive. Like, they, give him a reset. I, I, lo- I love his skill set. But yeah, no, you're right. Well, before we get out of, before we entirely get away from the NBA, a developing story out of not even 10 minutes ago. Um, actually, the Wizards yeah. are in serious trade talks with Bradley Bill. Uh, Miami and Phoenix are looking like front runners. 
Ooh. Wow. Oh, wow. I uh, think Miami would be perfect for Bradley Bill. Yeah, Phoenix, I kind of think that might be a disaster. Yeah. Because when you just think of Kevin Durant and Booker, we've seen in the playoffs, and I think they need to figure out how that's going to work, especially with getting a new coach. You, Devin Booker averaged nearly like 30 points a game in the playoffs. He was scoring a lot along with Kevin Durant. So if you have a Bradley Bill who is a scorer, I don't think that's going to work out. But in Miami, yeah. like think of Kyle Lowry. He can't be a scorer for as much time as Beal can, but he still can score. Beal can give right. you as much as you need so it won't be so much pressure on Jimmy or even a Bam to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. And Bam, Phoenix makes no and, sense. And and Bam, on it, like in Bam, when, it, when we talk about like championship teams, like who would what be, Bam's a three on a on a championship team. You know, and that's no disrespect to Bam. It's just, you know, he's somebody that could give you like a seventeen and ten, uh, you know, type of you know type of night to where it's like, okay, for, as a number three, that's great. As a number two, I need more out of you. So Bradley Beal comes in, picks up the offensive slack that maybe you know Jimmy's off because he's a twenty to twenty three per night type of you know regular season dude, um, and Bradley Beal can give you twenty five plus. So whatever you're missing, that's what you replace. And then, of course, Tyler Hero. Yo, if I don't know how Hero that would work. Gone. But, if, but here, yeah. <laughs> Bradley the fact, the fact that he didn't Hero play. The fact that he didn't play at the last game, I, you know, honestly, that kind of pissed me off. Like, oh, not even that. Like, if they're trading, if they trade for Bradley Bill, they're trading Tyler Hero. There's no way they're keeping yeah. Tyler Hero. Yeah, you're right. Calorie yeah. doesn't it doesn't work. Phoenix involved doesn't make sense to me because like didn't you just kind of gut your team for Kevin Durant? Like what else do you Absolutely. have to offer? Like you're you're gonna sacrifice some, In that some kids or what? Yeah. Sacrifice some kids. Oh my god. <laughs> Kevin Durant went into Phoenix and he's like, man. you know what? He went in. He went into Phoenix. Like, you know what we need to do? We need to do like how we had it in Golden State. I need two more superstars <laughs> along with me and book, and that's how we gonna win. Easy. That's how I we guarantee. gonna win. <laughs> you didn't do that in Brooklyn. I guarantee it. All right. Shoes. Pay the tax. Go pay a hundred million. Hundred million extra in tax. That's what we need. Uh, as long as he can get a championship, I'm cool with that. If he can. <laughs> Well, here on Sports Minds, you know, we break these stories as they come in. But, yeah, we'll, we will definitely keep an eye on this Bill story for y'all. But uh, into the NFL. Well, I want to I want to loop you in on this for the NFL because we talked about it before about, you know, we talked about the QB market, running back market most recently. But, you know, with this developing story with this whole Saquon issue, we'll start there. He has until July 17th to sign the tender. With the state of the art running back market already drying up, low. I'm just curious about your opinions on the state of the RB market. What does it take? Is it going to change at all? Is there a solution? Use your words a little wisely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm playing. Um, I mean, because Saquon be has a way. He, this can be a Le'Veon Bell 2.0 situation if he never signs it. But even nah. separated from Saquon, just other running backs in general. We just talked about Dalvin Cook. Like, there are other running backs who are not getting their proper worth, and the market's being – they're being devalued as a skill position. But you know what? I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. They're being devalued, but also we have to look at it and be like, you know, are the league trying to value them? 
Because just think about the position of a running back itself. All those carries, I can only imagine doing like six straight seasons when I'm having like so many carries and I'm averaging a thousand plus yards a season. That's a lot. And sometimes, you know, and it's kind of unfortunate because it's not like a wide receiver thing. Wide receivers, they don't really have to worry that much about like job security or even in terms of like their health, you know, because there's so many teams where you can have three wide receivers, but if you have a, like a running back, he has to be that running back. So when you see this trend of what's happening with Saquon Barkley or Dalvin Cook, it just goes more into play like that. Like if they was wide receivers, would they be going through this? Probably not. And, you know, I want to see Saquon Barkley stay with the Giants. I don't even know why this is even an issue because I thought he had a good season. You saw the growth for Daniel Jones. I mean, it wasn't like the Giants was asking too much. I will hope not from Saquon. He just needed to perform. And also Saquon, he has, you know, injury issues. Okay. Maybe the Giants might be thinking about that. Because that's the biggest thing when you see a lot of running backs is health issues and performance issues. You know, hate to say it, but with the Cowboys, I won't be surprised if Zeke goes because Zeke hasn't produced as much as they needed from guys like the Tony Pollard. And then who knows, maybe maybe the Cowboys want to pick up a Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, he produced when he was a part of Minnesota. He did for the most part in spite of the injuries. Yeah, so just to, just to give you that update, so Zeke is gone from Dallas. He's gone. So. And nobody and that, wants him. Right. So he's been <laughs> on the market for at least 90 days. Like, that's how wow. bad the market's been. Uh, and, and like you said, Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, it's not like he fell off a cliff or anything. Uh, we talked about it last week where it's like, okay, we're a pass-first team now. So to pay a running back 15 mil or 10 to 15 million a year to get 1,100 yards and you're not even the focal point anymore, why am I paying you that much? Uh, where I can get Alexander Madison at one to two million max. Uh, and I think, and, and you did hit a lot of good stuff where it was like, okay, Saquon Barkley had a good year. We know about his injury issues. I personally think running backs at this point you know, know that, okay, sitting sitting out historically is not a good thing to do for me because you don't make that money back. You're going to be no. out of football shape. Um, and the best it, – it, it sucks because, like, the best thing to do is to really sign that tender and figure it out as you go along, um, you know, at this point because it's not like the old days where you could – actually sit out and then they'll be like, oh, okay, well, we really do need you. Where in reality, Giants could be like, if we can run the ball kind of well, we'll be okay. So. I'm going to say, I think though, for, for most teams, you're all right. But for the Giants, <laughs> they need Saquon. Like They need Saquon. No, like, absolutely. They do. Like, like, first of all, I, I feel like they lucked out last year with the success that they did have. But that was due to Saquon being either the threat, either the threat of Saquon, or like literally like teams like making him like the or the defense making him, you know, the focal point. Like, all right, let's let Daniel Jones beat us, and they're like, all right, he Daniel Jones beat us, I guess so. But you take Saquon out, and it's just like, all right, 
you don't have a running back now and it's Daniel Jones, you guys, you're not going to beat us. You're not going to beat us. So, because I feel like you look at the Le'Veon Bell situation some years back, it's like Le'Veon Bell sat out, but it's like, yeah, we got Big Ben and we got Antonio Brown and we got, you know, insert they always draft receivers well so it's just like yeah yeah we'll miss you a little we'll miss you a little bit Le'Veon but at the same time like you you're not like our entire offense where like for Saquon he kind of he kind of was last year yeah yeah okay all right yeah no I I agree with that because it's like and again you can't pay Daniel Jones 45 million yeah, I know. And then that was, was, was that. yeah, that was too much. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of, you know, running backs and all that good stuff. So you, let's talk about your Detroit Lions. You know, how do you feel about the you know, the Motown, you know, uh the you know, the Lions this year? Dan Campbell, year three. How about all your running back movement? You gotta talk about all that because Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> Uh, it's a lot. It's a lie. It's a lie. But um, first off, I was I was pleased about who we drafted. I think Jameer Gibbs, guy that can instantly start right away. Can he give Boom. us all that we need? No, I'm not expecting him to. But I think under Dan Campbell, he can develop and he can become a great running back, like we saw with DeAndre Swift, who we know he was already a great running back because he went to Georgia. But of course, in Detroit, he had that time to really grow and develop but with the Lions um I think we will have a good season but also I still need to see because unfortunately the gambling situation is very unfortunate um it's unfortunate that we had players being cut guys being suspended like a Jameson Williams what is that much I don't think so um but also to our running back situation is different I mean we gave up DeAndre Swift and we gave up Jamal Williams. No yep. disrespect to David Montgomery. I think that was a good pickup because he is an efficient running back. But yeah. I don't really know like the decision-making process of what the Lions are doing there. Because to me, can I really put my trust 100% on David Montgomery? No. I, I need to see it. I need to see it. Like, I can't I – don't, I don't think – like, I really don't know if he's even going to have – close to even like an 800 yard season you know like I need to see that from him like he's a good running back but he wasn't like you know a Jamal Williams where yeah he had a good season but Jamal Williams been a pretty good running back yeah what we've seen from DeAndre Swift so the biggest concern with the Lions is how is this core going to work how is Jared Goff going to play I think Jared Goff Jared Goff, he just he he is the quarterback for the Lions where he comes in and do his job. As long as um, you know, Amon Rossi Brown has a good game, you know, the running game does well, the defense does well. I think there's been more effort, especially from the younger guys and the rookies, and we drafted more guys to add to our defense. Yes, our hopefully our defense <laughs> make better strides, but it's gonna take a big collective effort in order to see where the Lions can go. But I would say at least we don't have to worry about, you know, the Packers because now they're the New York Packers. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. For real. Uh, full, full disclosure, I thought I thought the Lions had one had one of my favorite drafts. Like I just I think you guys made some killer picks. Like I had to think about it in terms of like Jameer Gibbs, but the more I think about Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell, it's like 
you know, you got exactly what you needed. Like, why are we going to exactly. play around? I know I want this running back. I know I want this linebacker. So I, I like the aggressiveness, the assertiveness to know exactly right. what you guys want. I love the Sam Laporta pickup. Like, I was kind of hoping Dallas would get him, but hey, it's whatever. But I think Sam Laporta is just going to really just flourish in that uh, Lions offense. I'm really curious, and I love the Dion Branch pickup. Or oh, even picking up Hendon Hooker, like, that late. Yeah, or not, 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 not that late, but round three exactly. Hendon Hooker. That, that's killer, man. So, like, I'm really curious to see what the Lions do. And I think they're going to be, like, my new favorite fun team to watch. They were already fun last season. And I think they're going to get more and more fun, like. I just can't wait to see it. I, I'm really excited to see this. And I think the NFC North, I can really see the, the Lions, you know, taking it. I mean, I think it's legit because we don't know how Chicago is going to do. We don't know how the Packers going to do. It's going to be very different under, you know, the Jordan Love era. Um, Minnesota, they can be that, but also we have to see because with Kirk Cousins, when you're very up and down. Thank you. You know, who telling? Who telling? And yeah. Who's telling what's going to happen now without a Dalvin Cook? Can you really – I trust Justin Jefferson. He's going to do what he has to do. But do you have enough weapons? Because they did pick up TJ Hawkinson, but now TJ might have to play like he played in Detroit where he took, you know, a lot of snaps and things like that. Oh, definitely, because they got rid of they got rid of Thielen as well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of offense has been gone from Minnesota. So the NFC North is something completely different, completely different. But I'm rooting for my Lions. I was very pleased of what I saw last year. You know, it, we struggled at first, but when we came back, we saw everybody just maturing, whether it was Goff, St. Brown. Um, very, very proud of Jamal Williams. I was really sad that he left. You know, the Andre yeah, Swift, yeah. there was already talks that he might leave. But uh, Philly for Philly to get that—that that was the ultimate steal. But Jamal yeah. Williams leaving, that was very sad because he had a very great season, and yeah. I was happy he did that with Detroit, and that was a very proud moment. Yeah, I thought I definitely thought Jamal Williams was well, not what not thought like he was like your guys's identity, like the, the unofficial mascot, yes. like Jamal Williams just going ham, and I too. I mean, we with talked the about it the day it happened in the group chat, like when they moved him or when he went to the saints, we we're just like, wow, what a, what a huge loss. It was really unexpected. For, and I would not think Detroit to do that, but damn, I mean, it happened. So it was, it was very curious to see. Hard to replace 17 touchdowns. So, yeah, I will say Absolutely. one thing, you know, don't, don't take it too personal. Ain't no way y'all went in the first game of the season. <laughs> they set you up, they set you up, but ain't no way y'all went in that game. Oh, this is against yeah, the Chiefs, right? I, I, I yeah. really wasn't expecting it. I mean, I hope <laughs> they give a good effort. Don't get beat down too bad. Yeah. Well, what is the first game? Uh, they got the Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs. They run against the Chiefs. Oh, yeah, yeah they set y'all up. Well, yeah. we don't know. Any given Thursday. Bet the over, baby. First oh, game yeah. Of the that is, there's your lock already, folks. Bet the over on that the game. Parlay is going to hit. <laughs> <laughs> But it was it was low. You kind of talked about it. I'm just gonna redirect right there onto the Green Bay Jets or the New York Packers because they keep adding more Packer players. Adrian Amos next onto the Jets one year deal. Hey, Jets are going for it. I'll give them that. They're going yeah. for it. Yeah, so they are. So I mean, now it's really it's on Aaron Rodgers. That's it. Come on, 12. Yeah, uh, although he's no longer 12. Come on, 8. 
Come on, eight. It's on you, eight. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much does it. Yeah, eight that makes time to be great. Yeah, I mean, that's that. It's that simple. If they're healthy, like that's the only that's the only excuse he gets is like, oh, the team, like whoever got hurt. If that team is healthy, it's all on you, Aaron Rodgers. You better come through. You better. Yeah. I have to see how this this Jets team play. Because think about the division. It's I don't think it's an easy cakewalk. I really don't. Think about the conference. If Miami can stay healthy, they're up for grabs. We know the Bills are already up for grabs. And if the Patriots can figure something out, they can be up for grabs as well. So I got to see how they play. But the fact that he has guys like Lazard and Cobb, it should make things easier. I don't think he should have any excuses of he don't have no help or, you know, the dreaded thing of the Packers never getting no wide receiver talent. You have your talent now. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. wide receiver, that wide receiver unit is loaded. And, loaded. They got, and he's got a great defense. So it's just like, exactly. come on, you know, it's kind of on Robert Sala, but if there's one thing he has proven, it's like, I can coach defense. So, it's like you're gonna get a ton of possessions, Aaron Rodgers. You got a shutdown corner. You got a great defense. You got a great young running back, great young receiver, and you got the vets that you want. It's all on you. So we'll see. Oh yeah, it's definitely gonna. It's gonna get. It's gonna get interesting for sure. We're we're gonna see. Another get metal. Chris Jones is our next guy making money moves. The no-show at the mini camp, last season a deal. He's trying to get the extension. This just seems like a common move for like NFL yeah. players. Last year, my deal, I'm not showing up. Can I get more money? We're already seeing the Quinn and Williams show, too. It's the same deal. It's just yeah. uh, I kind of want a new tactic. Can you guys get some new tactics? It's kind of played out. Hey, man. <laughs> NFL, it, 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 <laughs> they they got one move, and this is it. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, because like, what do you, what do you want them to do? Like, rush the you know rush the line about to sack the quarterback and take a knee and be like, nah, I want more money. Like, nah, <laughs> this is it. This is like this is the only way to get into these negotiation tables and tap. It's what do you call that? It it's like pro wrestling when it comes to holdouts and the NFL. It's like it's scripted, like meaning like not actually scripted, but it's like this is how it's supposed to be done. If you want a contract, you do this. And yeah. then it's worked for plenty of people, you know. So last year your deal, we won the Super Bowl. Oh, hey, I want a new contract. So I'm not gonna go to Minicamp. Oh, shoot. Maybe we should talk to this person. And then that that's usually how those talks get started. Versus you walking up to the office, knocking on the door, and like, can I have some money, please? I'm like, no, man, like, get the fuck out there and practice, you know? Yep. <laughs> well, it, it, well, even even so, even to move on to QBs, like, every, it's just very interesting. Um, I was seeing this week, they're talking about the QB market because, you know, Herbert's coming up, Burrow's coming up. Yeah. They're possibly talking about Dak getting a restructure extension. It's like, Man, some of these teams are really about to be you, you got to make or break like these these uh these money moves are really going to set the f- the future for the teams uh, for the next coming seasons and between the quarterbacks getting paid what they're getting paid and the running backs like is the entire DNA of the NFL offense going to be remade at some point because 
I don't see how this is a sustainable model in terms of like not, it, money it dispersion be. and devaluing of skill positions. I don't right. see this is not sustainable. No, it's not. Um, you know, it's like, and I, I think it's, you know, like everyone, like we, we talked about it already. You know, we, we mentioned that this could be where that we've already been in the golden age of quarterbacks. Right. So everyone's going to over overreach over hype this position over value. You know, that's how we got Daniel Jones making $45 million a year. We like everybody's <laughs> mother knows that was something that you shouldn't have done period. Uh, like Patrick Mahomes is the only quarterback at, you know, in this time right now, that should be getting 45 to $50 million a year, right? I and, thought you know, Jalen Hurts when... was here. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jalen Hurts, yeah. But, 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 you, but you know what I mean? Like, at least with Patrick Mahomes, you know what you're going to get every single year. We know that Jalen Hurts has gotten better every single year. We don't know where, where his ceiling is right now. So, you're still taking that risk. Um, I'll tell you a so, team I can't stop thinking about, though, when I when I think about, like, this situation. I can't stop thinking about the Bengals. Like, you got Joe Burrow you got to deal with. You have T. Higgins, who is already there. You have Jamar, Jamar Chase. Like, you have a really front-loaded offense, and they have to figure out the the ones and zeros on that. And Well, you already know I what's going to happen. So, what? T. Higgins is gone. Jamar's gonna stay. Oh, you don't think they're gonna find a way to keep them all? No, no. Uh, Bengals. The, I believe you know, so. Their 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 history. They're, it's a history of cheapskates. I I don't see them breaking it. Uh, and you know I, I really do appreciate your optimism, but I just don't. I personally, from what I've seen, even in the Chad Johnson years, I don't see there's a way that you know Paul Brown or you know I think that's his name. Um, you know, the owner for Cincinnati trying to keep all three. He's just going to be like, all right, well, quarterback, yeah, sure. Even though Carson didn't want to stay there, this is the first quarterback that wants us to be here. Um, and then Jamar Chase. Everybody else, you can kick rocks because that's what they did to their defense, low-key. Um, and T. Higgins is, what, what, what I don't know, probably what they would say, the ownership, not the coaches. He's just the number two. We can find another one. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how that plays out. But now the most uh interesting story of the week in my opinion, this Stefan Diggs minicamp situation. He's there, he's not there. It's not money. He just got paid or he just signed a deal a season or two ago, I think. So it's not money. Yeah. The it's talks it could be a QB wide receiver issue, could be coaching wide receiver issue. It, the ramifications into the season and beyond seem kind of there. Um, I heard NFL Live talk about it a couple times about it, and yeah. I'm just curious to see what like what you guys think. I I I don't think it's a. I definitely think it's a story. I, but I'm just not sure about how serious you know in terms of implications this could be. They were saying, oh, you know, this goes back to last season, you know, when they were playing in the snow and Diggs couldn't get a pass, and he's trying to talk to Josh Allen, and he's just getting literally ignored phased out like they're saying it could be that but again no one knows the answers but i'm just it's yeah. just the most uh head scratching story of the week and i'm curious to see like the ramifications into the season because i think it could go into the season all right I'm gonna we have to see how this play out definitely i think we should see how this play out 
Um, I think some of the signs that we have seen as far as Diggs and Allen getting into it, some of Diggs' recent tweets, I think there is there's something there. I don't know if it's a huge issue. You know, of course, when you're dealing with different personalities and you're dealing with a team, everything's not going to be perfect. You're going to have issues with your quarterback. You're going to have issues with other players, with yourself and with the coach. But I think if we keep seeing more instances or events like this happening, I think, you know, it could lead us into something that Diggs maybe is trying to tell us. And I think eventually we have seen Diggs being frustrated and not being as happy as we know that he can be in Buffalo. We have seen that many times because mm-hmm. Buffalo is a team and Diggs, there's been times where he can take the blame for it. He's not perfect. But there's been right. times where Buffalo has made some um, questionable decisions a lot of times in games. I think that's resulted in losses. Um, a lot of times they play. And there's some times where Diggs does not get the ball. And right. when we talk about the differences, it's, it's a difference between all boards, between the wide receivers, the quarterbacks, and the running backs. Alluding back to talking about the quarterbacks and how much they're getting paid, you know, Josh Allen got paid for a reason. These quarterbacks are getting paid for a reason. These quarterbacks are having to be everybody into one person. You know, the way Josh yeah. Allen can run, can truck through guys, can really coordinate the offense on his own sometimes if he doesn't use Diggs or Dawson Knox. You know, that can work out for Buffalo, and then sometimes it cannot. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with the DeAndre Hopkins situation, but maybe if Buffalo were to pick him, how would that Stefan Diggs feel? Because at the end of the day, he gonna have to well, he gonna have to share the ball. The ball won't be one hundred percent to him. It wasn't anyway to be real. You know, Josh Allen has the ball a percentage of the time as well as other guys and Stefan Diggs. But I'm just curious to see how this play out. Because hopefully there won't be a falling out between Stefan Diggs and the Bills, but it's kind of looking like that the way it's these co- instances are popping up. Uh where there's smoke, there's fire. So, um, and we've seen Stefan Diggs have, you know, this situation before in Minnesota, you know, when he'll share the ball with Adam Thielen and he wanted to be the de facto number one. And we saw near the end of the last year, whether it was like regular season to the playoffs, like you said, you know, he's complaining about targets. And I think there was one game where he had nine targets and two catches. So it's like they tried to feed you the ball. You couldn't catch it or you were locked up. So whose fault is it really? And, you know, and it's like, I I mean, I, I believe they will be able to, you know, mend the fences for the season. We'll see what happens during the playoffs. But, you know, I just think that, you know, Stefan Diggs is like a classic old school receiver where it's like, I'm the number one. If I don't get what I'll get my numbers, then I would be complaining. So I don't know. It, such a prima donna position. <laughs> I feel that. And I also feel like maybe he could be a little bit fed up with uh, Josh Allen because Josh Allen has been the face and, you know, the talking head. And, you know, we want to give him the MVP every year before the season starts. But especially this past season, it's like Josh Allen had a ton of turnovers, ton of turnovers, and literally, like, lost in games. 
And then, you know, from there, you can go into that um, that game against the Bills, or not the Bills, the Bengals, where they lost in the playoffs, in the snow, yep. at home, and yep. digs four catches, 35 yards. But he did have 10 targets, but still, it's just like, that was a Josh Allen atrocious game, as you know, for his standards. He had uh, he's 25 of 42, 264. Um I don't think he turned the ball over. Oh, yeah, he did. He didn't throw a touchdown, and he had an interception. So, like, maybe that's part of it. It's like, yo, like, are we going to be, like, fixing this? <laughs> or, like, are we changing our offensive scheme? Like, something, because um, it does really – if you look at it, it's like the Bills have taken a step back um, basically since that year. I want to say the year that the Chiefs beat them. And yeah, when the Chiefs lost to the Bucks and the Bills okay. made it that first time. And then, you know, then yeah. the next year they lose to the Chiefs again. And then this year they lose to the Bengals. It's like they're just taking a step back every time now. Yeah, correct. And to be honest, they probably wouldn't have even made it. <laughs> they wouldn't have beat the Dolphins if they had Tua because they struggled against uh, Skyler yeah. Thompson. Yeah. They they almost lost that game. Yeah, thirty four thirty one against a rookie <laughs> third string a third trigger a third string quarterback rookie who threw oh. eighteen for forty five. You almost lost to that guy. A guy that threw eighteen for forty five. That was <laughs> such crazy. an insane game, huh? That was such an insane game. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think I think part of it might be Josh Allen because. Josh Allen has been turning the ball over. And Way too it's much. Been like, yeah, pretty erratic. But you know, gotta wait and see what happens. I, I I'm pretty sure Diggs will play this season, but maybe after that, yeah. they move. Yeah, on. I think this is this is more of like this is what we're all thinking. You know, the media doesn't want to always say it, but I I mean they they kind of already did. Where it's like, is this the make or break season for the Bills? You know, if they don't make it to the Super Bowl, do you blow the team up? Same with the Niners. And it's like, maybe. You know, and this is, I think this is just going to test those wills, right? So we'll see what happens after this season. It's going to tell us a lot about multiple players because we're at, you know, we're in the middle of certain players' primes. Some players are entering out of their primes. So this is going to be a very important season for a lot of people in 2023. Three. Sorry. Yeah, I definitely, to your point, I feel like the next two seasons are definitely make or break because we're going to see, again, we're going to see about these numbers. We're going to see about the market, really the state, the state of the organization we're going to see in the next two couple years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that, that'll be, that'll be episode 19. That's episode 19 for the books, y'all. We almost got 20. We almost got 20 whole episodes. I can't believe it. Well, thank you again for uh, coming out. The Bounce Podcast, y'all. Get on it. Get on it. Yes, thank you. And um, please follow me on my socials. Twitter is low underscore Cartier. My Instagram is L'Oreal, like the makeup, dot nicks, L'Oreal dot nicks. And you guys can find all the links to the Bounce Podcast. You can find more content as far as... um previous and future interviews with some of the players as we do uh, Michigan high school basketball and football 
You can get um, links to my previous articles, any of my current work. I would love to connect with you, all of that. So. All right. You heard it here first, folks. All right. Have a nice weekend. Happy Juneteenth, y'all. Yes. Have a good time with friends and family. Give praise to the ancestors. So we out. Yes, sir. Peace.